Hello, welcome to the Camden Fringe Pod, a podcast all about the Camden Fringe. Keep listening for a glimpse behind the curtains and to find out how you can get involved in, you guessed it, the Camden Fringe. Hello. Hello, this is Michelle. And Zina. Welcome to the Camden Fringe Pod. We have an interview coming up shortly with Alyssa Watts, who is a technical wizard. And we have some information about some workshops. It's all happening today. Oh, yeah. First, let's discuss the fact that we have 30 shows on sale now. Yep, that's good, isn't it? I don't think we've ever had 30 on at this point before. It's quite new having shows on early. We used to put them on on the 1st of June. Yeah, it's nice. We're not going to list them all. Because there's too many to list and fit into the programme. So you've missed out on that pleasure. If you haven't listed your show yet, we're not going to necessarily read it out. But if you have a look on our website, you can have a look at everything that's on sale and buy tickets. Camdenfringe.com. We have a new pigeon to view on the website, which is very exciting. We've revealed our artwork for this year. Zena, in a previous episode, did an impression of the pigeon. Did I? You did. You went, ooh, I'm very (laughs) old-fashioned. Well, the inspiration for the pigeon came from us going to Blackpool to see our friend Margaret in a show and it was a show about the goons the goons and we were sat in the bar at the Blackpool Grand yeah it was a rainy Wednesday afternoon and there's loads of old show posters up and we thought oh those are beautiful let's do something along those lines for Camden so we took photos of them all and then then changed our minds and then did something something quite different but yeah we were inspired by old school musical magical kind of shows mm. so we've got a magical pigeon yeah and who was it designed by the original concept was by uh, miss meredith heaton and zena's uh, daughter and then we gave it to a proper designer petros vanava who took the illustration and then turned it into like this incredible artwork that we absolutely love yeah do check it out um and petros is available for any design and artwork needs i believe he is yeah he's very good so if you want to get in touch with him, let us know and we will pass on his details. There's we, boobs. There's boobs on our post. We've never show. had boobs on we've before. We've never had boobs and we've actually brazenly got a pair of boobs on the poster. Nice ones too. Rab- a rabbit with a lady's body. We never thought we would have that, did we? No. We have some workshops lined up um, promoting accessibility for Camden Fringe performers. We'll be talking to the ladies who run the workshops soon, but in the meantime, here's some information about what's happening. They're every Thursday for a few weeks, and they're all online. So Thursday, 6th of April at 11.30 and 7pm, there's Creative Access, the next Creative Avenue. Thursday, the 13th of April, at the same time, we'll be doing neurodiversity in the theatre. And on Thursday, the 20th of April, it's Accessible Theatre in Inaccessible Venues. If you want any more information, drop us an email on camdenfringe at gmail.com. We've got an interview coming up. We have. I need to apologise in advance for the sound issues with this one. We recorded it in a slightly different way, which was very jolly. Three of us all sat together in the same room. You can hear Alyssa very clearly, which is the most important thing. Me and Zena aren't um, so audible in it. It's a bit mumbly. It's also quite a lot of Heidi noise. <laughs> who is um, Zena's dog. So the sound isn't great for this one, but Alyssa has a lot of wise words. So Alyssa Watts is a professional stage manager who has worked at fringe festivals, big theatres and on international tours. We've known her 
for 20 years, which is impossible. We must have met when we were toddlers, toddlers. but we were toddlers working together at the Edinburgh Fringe <laughs> in 2002. <laughs> and that's um, where we start talking to her. It was my first professional job out of university. God, what shows did I say? Well, I did Natalie Haynes. Did like five shows a day. Yeah. I can't remember who any of them were now. I think I mainly did stand-up. Oh, I did um, Sleepers, which was, was it called oh. Sleepers? Um, Spooks. Spooks, that was what it was called. Uh, ben Milburn. Yeah, Ben Milburn. was lots of fun. That was very good. He's very famous He's now. He's very famous As now. As is Natalie. Exactly. Yeah. And look at me now. Very famous. Very famous also. too. So, Alyssa, I am a woman doing a clown show mm-hmm. at a small black box theatre. Yep. And I, I think... I've just got a few sound cues that I've got in my head, so I think I probably don't need a technician. And I, I only need a few lights, so do I need anyone to help me with any of that? You're probably going to need somebody. So you need to find out if there is someone in your venue that will be able to help you. Because if you walk into the venue and there's nobody there, you won't be able to have anything because you won't know how anything works. So it's a really good idea to find out if the venue has a technician that mm-hmm. can do things and if you can get in contact with them, find out what the venue has. They will probably have some lights and sound equipment and everything. So they will be able to tell you what they're capable of doing. Even if you don't know like the technical terms for anything that you want, if you talk to them and go, oh, I'd like some lights to do this, please. Technician in the venue should be able to hopefully work out what you mean and then work out whether they can make that happen in the venue. But I mean, my main advice would be to keep it as simple as possible, especially if you don't have anybody that can help you with your show that has technical knowledge. If you're just relying on the venue, they've probably got a lot of other shows they're also doing and maybe not a huge amount of time to make loads of things happen for you. A venue technician should know the venue. They'll be able to focus the lights for you and tell you what they're capable of. They'll be able to program the lights for you. They're able to help you with your sound cues it's always a good idea if you're going to have sound cues. So I've got them on a cassette. Is that a good idea? Probably not. A lot of venues are going to have cassette players anymore. Oh. Um, might have some mini discs around, but it's probably a good idea to find out from the venue what they need. Quite often, if you can get them in MP3 format or WAV format, quite a lot of venues will use QLab, which is a free program. So you can actually get it yourself and you can put sound cues into it. But again, if you speak to the venue, they will tell you what they need, basically. Mm-hmm. If you don't have anybody working on your production that has any technical knowledge, it might be that you know someone who has some technical knowledge or someone who's a technician. You can also find freelance technicians. Like I do this sometimes with shows. Would you find a freelance technician? Talk to venues. Quite often venues will know freelance technicians because they'll probably work around a lot of venues. Stage jobs. Is Mandy Which is a good, because you go to mandy.com, I think, and kind of find the backstage section and you can contact people on so there. It's Mandy for all theatre jobs. It's like LinkedIn for theatre. So that's quite useful, but quite often talk to the venues as well. Have a think about what you want, like think about what lighting you might want, think about what sound you might want, think about if there's anything else. Like, it's always good to know if you want to set fire to something or smoke or something like that, because the venue will need to know about all of those things. So it's good to let the venue know about absolutely anything technical. So basically anything that isn't a person standing on stage talking, Mm -hmm. it's really good to let the venue know. And in my one woman clown show, I've got a very simple set. It's just lots and lots of like hundreds of screwed up pieces of paper. Can I just leave those on the stage after I've finished for the next day? Uh, it depends what other shows are in the space. It's really good to find out what other shows are in the space. Um, for a start, the venue might have a bit of a problem with lots of bits of paper because they might be flammable. 
And so this is why it's really good to tell the venue everything you're bringing with you, because then they'll be able to pick out anything that they might have an issue with or that they check whether the venue's got storage space, because you'll probably have to pack all your stuff away somewhere while another show happens and then bring it all back out. Which is another thing, if you know the schedule in your venue, then you know how long you have to set up your show and how long you have to take down your show before the next show starts. I've just been with a company to Vault Festival. We had to set it up in 20 minutes and take it down in 20 minutes. And we had quite a lot of sets, projection, lots of bits and pieces to set up. And we actually practised getting that in and out in 20 minutes to check that we actually could. Because quite often in festivals, you might get fined if you go over your get-in time. It's not the venues being mean, but if you're doing a three o'clock show and you run over by 15 minutes, then there'll be a knock-on effect for every other show for the entire day. So yeah, it's a really good idea to have a good idea in your own head how long it's going to take you to set up and pack Mm -hmm. everything down. So I should call my venue and tell them about the paper, tell them that I might want to do like stuff with water and jam, throw flour at the audience. Yeah, you would need permission for all of that, basically. So absolutely anything. And what about if I do a knife juggle? Probably need permission for that as well. And be prepared that the venue might ask you to make some changes to some of the stuff you want to do i mean sometimes it will be an absolute you cannot do this mm-hmm. um that's usually health and safety stuff fire regulations mm-hmm. but a good venue will normally try and help you work around that i want to do full frontal nudity and a gunshot at the end again let the venue know about it usually as long as it's done safely you probably have to warn the audience as well in that case mm-hmm. but again every venue will have different rules about what they will and won't allow trigger warnings yeah, trigger warnings. Venues might want to put up a sign just to warn people about Big things warning. like that as well. Nudity, yeah, warn, flower, life juggling, yeah. clown, paper, <laughs> smoking. All of those things. And maybe if you were like dancing with knives <laughs> on the front row, you might need to get some extra insurance because you might not be covered by the venue's public um, liability insurance. I don't know about that we're asking whether you need your own public liability insurance um like i have public liability insurance because i'm a member of equity what the venue will probably ask you for um is a risk assessment which is really quite simple and again if you kind of write something and then the venue will tell you whether it's right or wrong you basically just need to write what the thing is so say you're climbing up a ladder during the show so you write an actor goes up a ladder Um, And then the risk is falling off the ladder, the ladder breaking, falling off the ladder and landing on somebody. Any possible risk that you think might be to do with going up a ladder. And then you write all the things that you are going to do to make that safe. So it's like the ladder has been checked, that there's no issues with the ladder, or maybe someone's going to hold the ladder while someone climbs up it. So think of all the things you do to stop any kind of injuries happening. So if it was like clown show and I go my ladder naked with my knives and my flower and my jam. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be quite a long risk assessment. (laughs) Like I said, the show that I've just taken to Vault, we had a risk assessment and part of the set was built suitcases in stacks and Vault wanted to double check with us because they were like, you've got piles of suitcases, they're not going to fall on people and we were like, oh no, 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 they're built. So we just had to change the wording of the risk assessment to be like, they are wooden structures. So the venue will say if they don't like your risk assessment and we'll tell you what you need to change in it, basically. Mm-hmm. And we'll also tell you if they think something is too dangerous to happen. And the venues, will I get moving lights for my show? I imagine not. I don't think any of the Camden Bridge venues will have moving lights. So they will have a fixed mm-hmm. rig, which means that all the lights can be focused where you want them to be focused. Sometimes they have a rig that is what they always use and they won't want you to change any of that. So they'll be able to tell you what that rig will do. So they might have 
some blue lights and some red lights and a general wash and a couple of spotlights. Um, and they might not want you to change any of that. So you basically have to light your show from what they have. Mm-hmm. But some venues might let you refocus things. You can pick and choose a little bit more about what you want. My show is extremely simple. Brilliant. I, it's me like. standing on the stage for an hour <laughs> doing poems. Lovely. Do I need to think about anything? You need to think about, you're probably going to need some kind of lighting. And that can literally just be, ask the venue, could I have some stage lighting? It is just me standing on stage and they will they will help you make that look nice, basically. Um, and also you need to decide whether you need a microphone, because that depends on the size of the venue and how loud your voice is, how much you project. I've got a massive set. It's only a poetry show, but I'm basically recreating a full-size kitchen Wonderful. behind me while I'm reading the poem. Um, what do I need to do about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, you need to... Get rid of it. That's what you need to do about that. Um, you need to make sure it fits in the venue for a start. Uh, make sure you've got enough people to help you get it into the venue. Will there be parking? I imagine quite a lot of central London venues probably don't have a lot of parking. So it's always good to find out where you need to go to unload and what that unloading is like, whether you're up loads and loads of stairs around lots of corners. So where you, where you want to get the van to to unload, how you're going to get it in, who's going to get it in there with you. And who will build the kitchen? Will you do it? If I tell the venue what I want, will they make it for me? No, you will have to bring everything like that with you. You will bring your set with you. You will put it up. They might be able to help you put it up, but I would always plan that you yourself are going to put your set up. Uh, And also, if there are other shows in your venue, where are you going to store it in between shows? How are you going to get it taken down? It's always worth talking to the venue to see what they already have. Yes. Some of them will already have a simple table and chairs, which a lot of sets are basically chairs and tables, aren't they? Yeah. So you might not need to take anything. That's part of keeping it simple, I think. Keeping it simple is you bring absolutely nothing with you. If you can use everything that's in the venue, use it. So I'm going on holiday straight after my show <laughs> because putting on the show has been very stressful and I need to relax. Will I just be able to leave my set in the venue I while I'm doing not. two weeks in Bahamas? No, you will have to get your set out. If not straight after your show, probably at the end of final day of shows. So I've um, used a sofa in my set. Should I just leave it on the pavement afterwards because no. someone will probably want it? You'll have to take it away completely. You won't be able to leave anything in the venue. You won't be able to leave anything on the street around the venue. So make sure you have got transport to take your set away. Again, make sure you know where you're bringing that transport to, just in case maybe the traffic restrictions are different on the day you're taking it away. Because, yeah, a venue will have more shows coming in. They won't have any space. If they're very nice, they might let you leave something overnight but basically plan to take it away as soon as your show is done leave no trace that's the the golden (laughs) the golden mantra of theatre leave no trace leave it how you would like to find it would you recommend using projection in your show on the one hand yes i would because it's it's a lovely thing to use on the other hand no i wouldn't because i find projection quite a pain but that's because it's not really what i do but um much, much easier if the venue has a projector itself. Quite a few venues will have them rigged. You probably won't be able to move it. So you need to think about what you want to project on, um, where you want to project and what you're going to use to project. Usually you do it from a laptop. Check that they've got the cables that will go from their projector into your laptop to make sure everything will work. You potentially can bring your own projector. You'd need to rig it if the venue says that that's OK, but you'd need to bring all the stuff for that using projection is the definition of not keeping it simple it's keep it simple and be prepared and if in doubt speak to the venue do it simply with the resources you have and then you can always expand on that 
Mark said this when we talked to Mark from the Hen and Chickens in one of our earlier podcasts. Mm-hmm. He said that people are there to hear the words and learn the story of your show. They're not there to see whistles and bells. Yeah, so exactly. And it's better comes... to do something simply and do it well than try and do something really complicated and make yeah. a hash of it. I mean, when um, League of Gentlemen originally did their show, they just sellotaped their noses up and they did that at the Canal Cafe. Then when they did it on the telly, then they got proper yeah, noses exactly. and they didn't have to use the sellotape anymore. Also, keeping it simple is a lot less stressful for you as a performer if you're worrying about all your technical stuff it's going to be very stressful on top of having to do the show as well Lisa thank you very much for your advice thanks for having me what are you up to next um I am about to go and do some R&D for a what is that research and development um it's artistic phrase I am about to go and do some R&D for a show so no time for any R&R no sadly no R&R um, but it's, yeah, it's an aerial show aimed at babies. So I'm going to throw babies around in slings. Babies oh, aren't going to be doing the aerial stuff. They're just going to be watching it yeah. and then having a go on it. She's so lovely, isn't she? She's great. Um, so hopefully you've picked up some interesting advice there. If you really feel like you've missed out on listening to Zena and I waffling um, this episode, then don't worry. You can tune into the Everything Theatre podcast, which we guested on this week. No, not tune in. If you download the Everything yeah, Theatre podcast. You can't tune in a podcast, can you? You can't. But they, Switch they... on. So, yeah, if you want to listen to us babbling on incessantly. Nobody wants to. Well, why are we doing this podcast then? Because they want to hear all of the wise words of Alyssa. True. Um, but, yeah, you can also hear us on Everything Theatre. Um, tune in next week we'll have another guest (laughs) don't tune in you can't tune in (laughs) (sighs) download our podcast next week right thanks bye bye